Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. You know, we shouldn't look to God as our sugar daddy, but there are scriptures, promises in the Bible that talk about how he wants to meet our needs. And I believe that there are certain things that he expects from us. The biggest one, of course, is that relationship with him. The, the, the other thing is faith. You have to have faith for it's impossible to please God without faith, right? And to some degree, that's what I'm going to be speaking about today as we fasten in on this, uh, this message. Maybe you kind of already figured it out, but we're going to be looking at Stewardship 101, the measure that you use. The measure that you use. How much faith do you really have in the Lord? How much faith do you really have in the good book, the Bible? Do you believe that that book is true? And do you trust the Lord to meet your needs right where you're at? Well, let's open today with a passage out of Luke. And I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a turn before I actually get into the, the meat of this message. And I am putting it behind me. Uh, most of these passages are the New Living Testament. But if you want to follow along, hopefully you can see that up there. Uh, Luke 14, I'm going to begin with verse 25, and then we're going to pray. A large crowd was following Jesus. Who was following Jesus? A bunch of people, similar to what we see here. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around to them and he said, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Would you stand one more time? Heavenly Father, it is my prayer for this people that they receive a special touch from you today. It's also my prayer that you would speak to each one of us as you see fit. We're all individuals, custom-made. None of us are a mistake. And Lord, I pray that you would speak a word into every one of our lives. Challenge us, minister to us, and most of all, draw each one of us closer to you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Jesus had a lot of people following him. If you, if you will, you could say he was the main attraction. But not everyone that followed Jesus became his disciple. In fact, some even turned their backs on him after hearing the message that he was giving. He told the crowds that followed him, if you want to be my disciple, you have to leave everything. What? Bill, did you see my notes today? Where is he? He's, a, he's gone. He bailed. He's do, counting, whatever. He actually talked about this. You have to be willing to give up everything. How many have amassed a lot of wealth? Let me tell you something. Every person in this room is wealthy compared to the world. The average income 
I believe this is correct, the average income around the globe is $200 a year. How much do you make? Most of us make more than that in a week. That's not much, is it? And yet, that's how people are living out there. So what I want you to get today is that they were expected to leave every single thing behind. Anything that would compete with God, in other words. It can be money. It can be your job. It can be your children. Amen? It can be your 1967 supercharged Nova. It can be. Yeah, some of you are like, I'd rather have a Mustang. Leave everything behind. In order to be one of his disciples, you have to be 100% sold out to him. Look at your neighbor and say, 100%. Now what does that mean? Everything. It always drives me crazy when somebody says, yeah, I'm in 110%. You can't be. You only have 100 all right? Mathematically, it's impossible. You can't give more than 100%. I get what you're saying, though. You're, you're saying you're giving your all, but that's impossible. But Jesus does not want his, his, that relationship with you to be second best. He wants it to be number one in your life. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. As I see this passage... Jesus doesn't want you, and hear this, I love it when people pray the prayer. You know, at the end of services, I usually give an opportunity to lift your hand up and to say, Lord, I'm in, whatever the prayer is. Maybe it's salvation or repenting or whatever it is. Well, I guess those two are the same. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. And what I want you to understand is that Jesus doesn't want you just to, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. He wants you to first count the cost. He wants you to understand that what you're doing is saying, from here on, Jesus is my number one guy. He's my, my strength. I'm going to stand on him. I'm going I'm to study his word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe. Those are the kinds of things we do after we've prayed that prayer that we call the sinner's prayer. But for many, it's just a, an emotional thing. Oh! I'm in. And then you leave here and you just go back to that other lifestyle. I want you to know that that's not what the Lord wants from you. He wants all of you, if you're going to be his disciple. He wants you to commit everything that you have and everything that you are to the Lord. And that's not easy to do. If we move on here with verse 28... But don't begin, in other words, don't become my disciple. Don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Right? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. And I've seen that before. People would run out of money, and they weren't able to finish, and it, it looked silly. They'll say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Now, he's talking about being his disciple. Are you connecting the dots here? Okay. 
The next part, he talks about kings. Who would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers that were coming against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. Catch this last verse, verse 33. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Earlier I said a lot of the people that were following Jesus, the crowds if you will, they left Jesus. This is why. They couldn't do it. It was too much. And we as Americans tend to amass a lot of stuff. And it's hard for us to come to the Lord and say, it's all yours, Lord. You gave it to me, and freely I give it back to you. It isn't easy. And yet, that's exactly what the Lord expects from us. I want you to know, though, that there is nothing that can compare to a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you need to understand this. You might be here today, you might be weighing this out. Do I want to serve him or not? I, I, I want to tell you, I've lived on both sides. Many of you have. We've lived in the world, and we've lived in the comfort of the blessed Savior. And there's no better place to be than serving Jesus. You won't regret it if you make a decision to put him first in your life. But before you give your life to him, you must count the cost. Are you ready to give up everything? The partying, the wild sex, the selfish attitudes that now drive you. Are you ready to focus on what God wants you to do rather than what you want to do? And listen, this isn't easy stuff. How many can say amen to that? You know, I had friends after I gave my heart to the Lord, I had friends that wanted me to go partying with them. Norm, what are you doing tonight, man? Uh, reading my Bible. <laughs> what? You got a beer? No, I, I don't drink anymore, man. What? Hey, I'm going to church tomorrow. You want to go? What? I'll probably be hungover, man. I can't go. That was exactly the kind of conversations I was having with my friends. It was not easy. And if I hadn't been committed to him, it would, I would have been sucked right back into that vacuum that my friends wanted me to. And I'm thankful I didn't listen. I'm thankful that I knew that Jesus was my number one and I didn't want anything else to compete with it. Are you ready to unashamedly Follow after Jesus Christ. Count the cost, folks. Count the cost. I think you already know this. It's not easy being a Christian. Not today. <laughs> if it ever was, not today. You have to be willing and you are expected to fight. What? Blessed are the peacemakers. I know. But there's another side to this. Our enemy's not flesh and blood, is it? It's the powers of darkness that we're up against. It's sometimes it's Lucifer himself. Some of you guys have seen him face to face. 
You know what I'm talking about. If you don't mind, I want to use a movie character metaphor. Andy would love this, but he's downstate today. We have to be willing to fight like Rocky. Now, I watched his newest, the Rocky, uh, I, I already forgot the name of it. What is it? Creed. Ah, oh, man. Now, we used VidAngel. It took out all the language and stuff, so I don't know how, what it looks like without all that. But I watched this, and it, it was just as powerful as all of his are. I mean, it was good. He was up against major odds, amen? But he never gave up. He just kept going at his opponent. Sometimes he'd get knocked down, but he'd get back up. And he'd go back at him. And even though Barbara had that stone from David, David was against, against a giant. There's no way humanly possible that he could defeat that giant. But he took that little stone, and he had used what he had, and, and that giant went down. And that's exactly what we see with, with the character Rocky. And that should also be our attitude. As followers of Jesus, we are going to get into fights with the devil and sometimes we're going to get bloody. And I'm talking in spiritual context. It might be through your neighbor. It might be through your spouse. Maybe an invalid parent. Some of you folks are raising your parents. You know what I'm talking about. You don't ever know what mom's going to come up with. <laughs> yeah, Bill's over here. Amen, brother. You think the devil's in her. Or him. It might even be a disease that you're fighting. I don't know what you're going through. But how many know that this is the challenge of being a Christian? Of being a disciple for Jesus? If you've studied your Bible at all, you've probably read this next passage of Scripture. And it speaks about how we are going to be tested on the earth. Now, I'm going to tell you this right up front. I don't like being tested. In fact, I hate tests. I used to freeze up with tests until I became a professional student back in Bible college days. Then I started getting through it better, thankfully, as I grew older. But I don't like tests. Tests are not easy, usually. But they're necessary. And that's what Peter's talking about here. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. So be truly glad. Say that's your neighbor. Be truly glad. Why should you be truly glad? There's wonderful joy ahead. Look at your neighbor. There's wonderful joy ahead. Why is there wonderful joy ahead? Even though you have to endure many trials... Oh, it doesn't make sense. What? I'm supposed to be glad and have joy that I get to go through trials? Woohoo! It's not me. It's not me. Maybe it's you, but it ain't me. I'm just being honest. These trials will show that your faith is, say it, genuine. How do you know what is real and what's counterfeit? By, by studying the original. By studying the genuine. If you want to know whether or not you are a disciple of Christ, you should 
be one of those that have gone through some trials and gone through them well, I might add. He goes on to say it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith, though your faith, I'm sorry, is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, how does your faith remain strong? Through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So as I see this passage, when Jesus comes back for the church, as everyone is assembled in front of him, you know what he's going to do with us? He's going to parade us in front of them. And he's going to show them the things that they went through and gave him credit for and gave him the glory for and the praise. I couldn't have done it without the Lord. I could not have gotten through the lack in my life were it not for the Lord. Somebody heard God's voice and said, I'm going to take care of that need. In Jesus' name. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now I've got to figure out where I'm at here. Trials. Your trials will equal more faith, stronger faith. And there isn't a person in this room that doesn't need to hear this, including me. Every day we get the opportunity to express our faith, to exercise our faith, but often we don't. God said at the beginning of this service, the beginning of when I started, through Julie, that he wants you to ask. Well, you're not going to ask if you don't have the faith to believe that he'll answer. He's looking for a church that's going to be glorified in these last days. And I believe that with all my heart, that he wants to do something miraculous in and through this church, in and through the church, capital C. As God's servants, we are here to prove to ourselves and the world that God is faithful and that we believe that with all our heart, mind, soul, and body. We're here to prove to ourselves and the world. We need to catch this part. If I move on now, we've already lost it. When you go through these trials victoriously, at the other end, you're going to be saying, see what God did? Now, if you don't go through them well, then you're going to have to regroup. Sometimes we don't always do it right. Sometimes the flesh gets in the way. And we don't do it the way God said. We try to do it our way. And we fail. But when we do it God's way, we always win. And somehow he gets the praise and the glory. And that's the way a disciple should live his or her life. Hallelujah. So no matter what you might have to face on this side of heaven, your life should show the world that with you, God is your refuge and he is your strength. Hallelujah. That's good news. I think that's really good preaching. 
And we're just getting warmed up. But in order for God to get the glory, you must finish the race. Hello? You have to fight the good fight. Heaven is going to be filled and is filled with people who finished the race. What's God calling you to do? What's God challenging you to finish? You started something in Jesus' name. What is it that you need to accomplish before you're taken to glory? Awful quiet. You know, 30 years ago, if somebody would said, yeah, you're going to be a pastor someday up in Gaylord, I would have said, what? You're crazy, man. <laughs> I can't even speak publicly. It's kind of necessary. <laughs> now some of you are saying, man, now it never shuts up. <laughs> After his coffee. <laughs> What is God doing in your life? Listen, I'm not saying you're going to be a full-time minister or missionary or evangelist. But God is doing something in your life. There are things, there are people in your sphere of influence that you need to affect in a glorious way. And he's going to use you if you'll give him that opportunity. So run the race. Don't give up. When the devil comes at you, You come right back at him. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, my Lord. So if you want to know whether or not you are a disciple of Christ, if you're truly sold out to God, here's a good test. Is the devil trying to ring your bell? I had to put a boxing picture up there, okay? This is Lamont Peterson and Danny Garcia. This is the fight back in April 11, 2015. It's really hard to tell who's winning right here. And it turns out these guys went 12 rounds. They pummeled each other. And in the end, Garcia won by decision. But they both gave their best. They both fought like there was no tomorrow. And that's how we need to be in these earth suits that God's given us. We're up against an enemy that's cunning. He's the master of all lies. And he tries to get our eyes off of God and onto the things of this world so that we become ineffective. And then it's easy for the devil to knock us out. And by the way, that's what ringing the bell means. A knockout punch. (laughs) I don't want to see any of you getting hit with that knockout punch some of you you might need to amp it up a bit in your christian life perhaps you're too passive in your walk with the lord you need to really get sold out to him decide what that means what are you going to look like what does a sold out disciple look like you need to figure that out and then become that person can anybody hear me today If you want to get in the fight, here's a great way to do it. Start praying for people. I'm telling you, what. I don't care where you are. You could be secluded in your home, not able to leave, but there's one thing you can do. Pray. 
And I promise you that if you start praying for your family, your friends, your pastor, and I need your prayers. When you start praying for your president, for the governor, for all of these people that are in places of authority, the devil is going to get you. He's going to come after you because you are making a difference. And he doesn't like it when the kingdom of God comes knocking at his door. And that's exactly what happens when we pray. Hallelujah. We need to be more like that. Trust me, though. You start praying for people, you'll begin to see opposition coming against you. As God's disciples, you are going to be tested. It's not a matter of will you. It's a matter of when. Why would God test us? It's for our own good. It's for our own good. If you face adversity, your faith will become stronger if you don't give up. If you pass the test, if you get through the trials that the Lord puts in front of you, in the end, you will be rewarded with stronger faith. How many want stronger faith? I'm telling you right now, you're going to be given that opportunity to get stronger faith. This is one of those things, it's like praying for patience. (laughs) Enough said. Each trial that we go through should advance us. Each trial that we go through should move us forward. If we're still in the same place, I'm talking again spiritually, if we're still in the same place spiritually that we were 10 years ago or 20 years ago, then perhaps you've not counted the costs. Perhaps you need to re-look at your life. Am I really a disciple of Jesus? Am I really following him? And, and I, I saw this where Paul actually talked to Timothy. This is, of course, in 1 Timothy 6. Verse 11, and I don't normally uh, speak from the message, but I wanted to share this from the message. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 14. But you, Timothy, man of God. So what is he? And, and I believe that he's saying this in a, in a projected kind of faith announcement. All right. Timothy, man of God. All right. Then he goes on. Run for your life from all of this. From all of what? The pursuit of evil, the pursuit of worldly things. Paul's trying to get him focused back where he needed to be because his eyes had gotten off of what God had called this young man to do. And he goes on to say, pursue a righteous life, a life of wonder, faith, love, steadiness, courtesy. You know, when you serve God, it's exciting. It's not dull. It's not boring. There are too many people out there that have labeled, oh, you're a Christian? boring. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm telling you what, my life is alive, and it is full. And it's because of Jesus and what he's doing in and through me. That other life, ha, that's boring, and it's deadly. This life, it's exciting, and it's alive forevermore. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Verse 12. Run hard and fast in the faith. What? Run hard and fast in the faith. 
Run hard and fast in the faith. Seize the eternal life. I love the words he uses. The life you were called to, the life you so fervently embraced in the presence of so many witnesses. He's trying to remind young Timothy of what he committed to when he started. And he's saying, come back to that. Don't forget you gave all to Jesus. What's changed? Run back to him. Run away from this other stuff. Verse 13, I'm charging you before the life-giving God and before Christ who took his stand before Pontius Pilate and didn't give an inch. I love that. Jesus didn't give an inch. Don't you give an inch. Keep this command to the letter. Don't slack off. Our master Jesus Christ is on the way. Woo-hoo! There are some that feel like Jesus isn't coming back soon. And you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when he comes back. What matters is when you finish this life, did you finish the race? Did you do everything that God challenged you to do? Did you go through those trials with joy and gladness? Did people watch you and go, are you crazy? That didn't bother you? Well, yeah, it did, but hey, God's with me. I'm not alone. (laughs) I'm not alone. Hallelujah. It's awesome. That's what he wanted Timothy to understand. Don't slack off. I'd say that to you. Some of you have been slacking off rediscover what it means to be a disciple of the living God. And get back in there and put your dukes up. Devil. Not your mother. Bill, I keep looking at you, man. I'm sorry. He, he's going through this. He, he is watching his, his aged mother. And I'm telling you what, honoring your mom is one of the key commands. Hallelujah. But there are times when that ain't easy. And you got to get on those knees. Lord, help me to love mom today. Help me to love my wife today. That bitter woman that I'm married to. I, I don't mean mine. That was, I'm just saying this out loud. I'm, I'm giving illustrations of, please forgive me, that was not intended. I love my wife. She is not a bitter woman. If she were, she probably has a right to be. She's married to me. But yeah, Anyway, but sorry. Okay, that just went, where was I? Oh, my goodness, Lord. With all that said, flee from evil, live a righteous, righteous life for Christ, enjoy life, but don't give an inch to the devil, and don't slack off on your responsibilities as you learn to serve him. Hallelujah. Hopefully you'll agree that everything that we have is from God. So why does God bless us with all this stuff? 
according to Jesus, and I believe this with all my heart, it's in order to see what we do with what he's given us. It is. In Luke 14, 33, again, I've already said this, but just to quote it again, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you have. So the first real test for a disciple is there anything that is more important to you than him? Is there? I know there's people in this room today that really need to hear this because you have allowed things to come into your life and take priority over the things of God. In the Old Testament, they called them idols. Now, we just call them sins because that's pretty much what it is. Whenever something is more important to you than God, that thing becomes a sin. Is that good preaching? Is that doctrinally sound for all you pastors who are out in this room? So I believe this, that in order to be his disciple, you have to be willing. I'm not telling you you have to give everything up, but I'm saying you have to be willing. And God will test you in these things. And here's why he does it. I believe God gives us stuff to see what we'll do with. It's that simple. It's that simple. (laughs) Who has a watch on? What time is it? I literally, I have, I'm halfway through. It ain't going to happen. So I'm going to, this is a good point to end. When I resume in a few weeks, I'm going to come back to this. We're going to collect all this again. But here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying today. I have called you to be my disciple. How are you doing with that? Would you stand with me? You'd have to wait three weeks to see what the bowls are all about. Hallelujah. Lord, we are so humbled to be called children of the King. Servants of the Most High God. Master Savior, Prince of Peace, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we look to you today, Lord. We honor you today with all that we have, all that we are, all that you've blessed us with. I believe there are some in this room that they struggle with the very concept of being committed to you. They, if I can put it like this, they have a foot in both sides and, and they must decide. Will I serve the Lord or will I serve my own personal needs and wants? Will I serve the world? And I believe the Holy Spirit is calling on us today to recommit and rededicate 
Because the world is watching us. And if, if we're slacking, as the message put it, if we're slacking in our relationship with the Lord, then the world is going to see that and say, See, told you. That doesn't do anything. You bunch of mamby-pamby Christians. But when we are rock solid with the Lord, we're tight. When He's our all in all. And we have to go through some of these things. It might be a death in the family. It might be a lack, whatever that is, a car, finances, a job. When you go through those and you don't give up believing that God will meet your needs right where you're at, the world looks at that and says, wow, you must really love him. You must really trust him. He is trustworthy, isn't he? And that's what the world needs to see. But they're not going to see it, folks, if we're half in and half out. If we're slacking in our relationship with the Lord, they're not going to see it. How many want people to come to Jesus because of your life? Because of your testimony? Because of your witness? Hallelujah! I believe the Holy Spirit is asking you to recommit today. 100%. So I'm going to ask with everybody's heads bowed, Please, all eyes closed. If you're here today and you'd say, that's me. I want to rededicate my heart and my life to the Lord. I want to be that sold-out disciple. I want God to challenge me. I want to strengthen my faith in Him. I want to walk like never before. I want to stand in the ring with the devil, and when he comes at me, I'm going to give him a black eye. If that's you, lift your hand up right now. Hallelujah. My hand's going up too. Now, in order to be that person, you have to be a Christian, and I'm trusting most of you were there. But there might be some here today that say, Pastor, <laughs> I've never committed my life to Jesus. But I believe the Holy Spirit speaking to me today, and He wants me to commit my life to Him. And, and hear me. If you're not ready, then do not do this. But if you've been challenged by God to do this, then let this be the day of your salvation. I want you, again, all heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to lift your hand up if you are ready to commit to the Lord 100% today. If that's you, lift your hand up. Yes, any others? Yes, yes. Any others? Yes, any others? At least four hands have gone up. I want you to pray this with me and listen the prayer, this is just kind of a final capsulation of what we're doing here today, but the real work begins when you walk out of this place. That's when the devil's going to come knocking at your door and he's going to try, he's going to send every friend you've got that's not serving the Lord, he's going to send them to your door to try to get you off track. He's going to put kids, rowdy, rambunctious little kids in your life and they're going to drive you crazy as you're trying to pray, as you're trying to read God's Word. Satan knows how to press your buttons. But don't let him. Don't let him. You just keep pressing on. You get back in that fight. You run the race. If you get knocked down, you get back up and you start running even faster. Hallelujah. 
Pray this with me. And I'd ask all the saints in the room to pray this as a family. Father God, thank you for life and life abundantly. I dedicate my life to you today. Or I rededicate it to you today. 100%. If I've sinned, and I know I have, forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. Lord, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died for me on that cross, who was buried, and on the third day rose from the dead. Today, I put my life in your hands. I'm your disciple, Jesus. I make this proclamation in Jesus' mighty name. No weapon formed against me will prosper. When you come back for the church, I'm going to be ready. I give it all to you, Lord. Now help me to live for you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, I'm done. Saul. I love Chinese food. Some of you have been thinking about lunch since about 30 minutes ago. I know. He tells me. God loves you so much. Go out there and live like he does. Lord, bless this people. Keep us safe. We again pray for a supernatural week for our teens, for every uh, leader, for every speaker, for the counselors who are locked in those rooms with those young'uns all week long. Give them peace and patience and not kill those little ones, Lord. And we just pray for an anointing of God to fall on that Lost Valley camp, that those kids would be changed through the glory and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now as we go, keep us safe in our coming and going. Bless our coffee and our cookies and whatever stackies are out there. And Lord, bind us together with those cords of love. Help us to love others as you first loved us. We pray this in the mighty name of God. Amen. Love you. Have a great week in Jesus. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.